Hey everyone, before this podcast begins, we want to tell you about some other arts-related podcasts you're going to love. They are The Conduit Music Podcast, Artsville, Gringo and the Man, Art World Horror Stories, and Not Real Art. On these action-packed podcasts, you'll hear experts talk about creativity, design, the music biz, the art world, visual art, American craft, Chicano art, street art, graffiti, and even stand-up comedy. So be sure to find and follow these great arts podcasts today. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Warning, the Not Real Art Podcast is intended for creative audiences only. The Not Real Art Podcast celebrates creativity and creative culture worldwide. It contains material that is fresh, fun and inspiring and is not suitable for boring old art snobs. Now, let's get started and enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations, my creative brothers and sisters, and welcome to the Not Real Art Podcast, where we celebrate creative culture and the artists who make it. I'm your host, Aaron Yoshi. Today we have a special guest, File One. File is a muralist from East Los Angeles and Monterey Park with over 25 years of experience creating aerosol-based murals. He's produced murals for institutions such as the Museum of Contemporary Art in Los Angeles. He's worked in Berlin via the Mural Exchange Program. He's done corporate commissions for Lexus and Christian Louboutin and participated in arts festivals in the United Kingdom and Mexico. His art has taken him around the globe. File has been shown locally and internationally, and he's recognized as one of the street artists and graffiti movement's most skilled aerosol painters. He's an alum of Self-Health Graphics Artist Residency Program, where he launched and facilitated the Aerosol Arts Program. For the last four years, Vile has been working with Ash Chan on the Container Yard, an event space that supports murals and street art. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome, Not Real Art community. We are so lucky today because we have the one and only Vile One with us. Vile, welcome to Not Real Art. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. I didn't realize you guys were located in the beautiful city of Whittier. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, don't give up the Bat Cave, all right? Secret locations. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's a very vast area. That's right. That's right. It is. Somewhere, somewhere on the east. The Beverly Hills of East LA. That's right. Kind of. That's right. That's what they call it. Yeah. Well, they do have that area that's called Beverly Hills. It's hella funny. I drove by there like, what? I'm yeah, about that. Trip. Fucking crazy. I know. I got lost one time up here in like the middle. Of, I don't know where the hell I was. And there was like just mountains and stuff. And it was. I felt like it was in Whittier. Like it was in Whittier, but it was like somewhere. I don't know where it was. It's like a portal. Were you like, hiking? No, I was driving. Oh, okay. You know, I'm old school. I don't use GPS. Oh, man. If I, I didn't use GPS, the, I'd get lost everywhere. I listen to the sun and the moon, and, and I follow the, the hawks. Yep. Know? Yeah. Yeah, you do. 
That's amazing. I'm, well, I'm glad they brought you here to, to Whittier. So welcome yeah, today. Yeah, they found their way here. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Luckily, the ho- well, I, I, I sent the homing pigeon to, to flag the hawk to bring you over uh, this way. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it worked out. Great. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was a out. squirrel staring right at me. <laughs> yeah, he, he will. He, he might yeah. even come down and hang out with you. All right, right on. So, Vile, so tell me a little bit about your earliest memories making art. You know, you've been an art maker for quite some time. So tell me a little bit about what were some of the earliest memories you have of making art? You know what? I remember as a kid, I did this drawing of like dolphins and a fucking rainbow or something. And that's when anybody ever made a comment in regards to to me being an artist. And I must have been about like fourth grade or something. I don't remember. Maybe younger. But it's always been around me because my brother, who's actually 12 years older than me, was when I was becoming like more aware of things and starting to get into art and music and stuff like that. He was already there. So he was he was the one who was like, he had a lowrider when I was a kid. And he used to pick me up from school. Well, no, actually, he took me to school one time with him. He was going to like Mark Keppel High School, and he took me in his lowrider to go pick up some books that he forgot. And then I ducked down like in the front of the lowrider so that he would look cooler because I thought it wasn't that cool to be driving around with your little brother in the car. So um, <laughs> then he was like, no, dude, get up. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. So he was into art and he was drawing a lot. And he's kind of the one that got me into everything as well as like even music and playing drums because uh, he plays drums. So I play drums too. And, and he was doing a lot of crazy drawings back in the day. I wish I could find them. I know he has them somewhere. They're really wow. interesting. Oh, that's dope. That would be so amazing if you could like bring those back out just to check out like your evolution and and, and your influence with him. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think that's hella cute that you were like aware of him trying to be cool and said like, I would think you would want your head up. So you're like, look, I'm cool. I'm riding with nah, my brother nah, the nah. slow I'm, rider. I'm always more concerned with somebody else looking cool than me me ruining the situation by being in the <laughs> Oh, I definitely think that you probably boost cool points wherever you go. So now people are probably like, sit up, sit up. <laughs> <laughs> now I can't avoid it. One time we were, yeah. fuck, one time we were in my cousin's friend's car and she had like this little Honda Civic and she had a moonroof. Uh-huh. They opened the moonroof and then she's like, I'm like, I got a slouch. I can't sit up straight. And she's like, oh my God, sit up straight. And I sat up <laughs> straight and like the whole top of my head was out of the <laughs> Out of, out of the <laughs> I, I could totally see that. Oh, my gosh. I think everybody in the car was high at the time, and I think she had to pull over because she was laughing so hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I feel like there have been times when you used to ride in my little car when I had that little white car. Yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. like, you know, like your knees were into your chest, and I'd feel hella bad. And, yeah, everybody actually, always tells me, no matter what car I get into, everybody's like, you can put the seat further back. And I'm like, nah, you, it, that's it. It doesn't go any further back. <laughs> hey, what up, dude? Good, how are you? Okay, so you did some drawing because your brother. So how did you take that jump from like drawing as your brother to like, I want to do this a little bit more serious? Well, you know, regular art was kind of not interesting to me. And uh, I didn't really think I was going to continue with it or anything like that. I mean, I was a kid, so I didn't have that kind of insight or thought to even consider that being anything more than just what I did instead of doing homework. I was a weird dude. I mean, when I was little, I would hide behind like couches and draw like my parents would have parties and they would have this table behind the couch, like kind of separated from the wall. And I'd climb underneath it and like color in my coloring book or draw. My grandpa at the time would come 
because he knew I was there. So he'd come through and like hand me like a styrofoam cup with beer in it. And I'd just <laughs> kick it in there and drink it, sip on this beer, <laughs> sip on this beer and, and, and draw and color and stuff. I, I never liked being around a lot of people, even as a kid. So I would always hide out when we had parties. I'm sorry. What, what the hell were you even talking about? <laughs> Your your early drawing, but that it, yeah, it was so, totally on topic. It was totally yeah, on- <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so it's a trip, you know. Like as time went on, and and I got recognized in school. I did this drawing at school that was the, the dolphins one, and that's when the teacher was like, "Oh, you're a really good artist." And everybody's like, "Yeah, you're a really good artist. Can you draw me something?" I was like, "Nah, I have leaves falling on me over here. That's awesome." <laughs> so in like seventh or eighth grade, maybe sixth grade. I saw some friends of mine who were also artists, uh, Greg Rojas and Anthony Martinez, and they were drawing fucking these colorful letters. And I was like, what the hell is that? And they're like, it's called graffiti art. It's from New York, blah, blah, blah. They're kind of a little stuck up about it, fuckers. <laughs> and I saw these like amazing pieces that they were doing. They had just like dove right into it. And all of a sudden, instead of going to play sports at PE or, or I mean, not at PE, but like at lunchtime or whatever, I would see them at a table drawing all these names out and stuff. To the best of my recollection, they're, they're really good. Greg was always a really good artist. Uh, he remains a, a close friend of mine up until today. He's up in the Bay Area or Northern California tattooing now. But yeah, then I discovered where they got their stuff from. And I was like, oh, dun, dun, dun. yeah, you slick. <laughs> lying ass bastard you know just whatever <laughs> <laughs> and they had gotten their stuff from spray can art and on the subway art which came mm-hmm. out at the, was already out at the time and i was blown away by subway art and you know we had murals and stuff like that in east los and stuff where my my aunt and my grandmother lived in city my grandmother lived in city terrace and there was a mural by willie head on who's, who's also a friend of mine now awesome thankfully awesome strangely enough and he did a mural called The Wall That Cracked Open. And that wall, that mural, and that wall really kind of gave me the motivation or the ambition to want to paint walls, as well as a number of amazing murals around East LA, like the stuff by Isla Streetscapers and Paul Volteo, who's not really nice to me when the first time I met him. But, but David Volteo is amazing. I love David. He's really, really amazing. And George Yepes is another amazing mural painter who's also a friend of mine now and then the stuff that of course Oscar was doing back then but I wasn't really super aware of that at the time and there's just so many like amazing influences that just put me on that path once I started getting into graffiti and going around tagging I started realizing that it just wasn't satisfying me enough I dig people that can do illegal stuff and, and bomb and, and you know and go all out to all city and but for me that's not where the satisfaction came from I, I felt better doing the stuff that I'm like currently doing back then wasn't as advanced or anything but you know I was figuring it out and that's where like I was feeling like I had a place in life because <laughs> <laughs> it was away from everybody you know it was still yeah. away from everybody it was fucking you know it was rebellious and it was spray paint and spray paint at the time wasn't made for painting and so it was like you know doing skulls or doing I remember doing a skull with with Greg behind uh a place called Dominique's in Monterey Park. And then we had like all these little hidden locations that we would go practice painting or, you know, visiting the Belmont or stuff like that, like early on as yeah. a teenager and not really knowing yeah. what, what I was doing still. 
I mean, I think all that super speaks to me too, which is like seeing all those murals in East LA. I feel like that hella made me want to be a muralist today, you know, just like growing up around it and seeing yeah. those folks. Do a lot of people like, know that you're, you're Boyle Heights resident, that you're. That yeah. You're my family's Boyle Heights. Yep. Yeah, man. I'm like, you know, fourth generation of family that lived in Boyle Heights. I mean, you know, I feel like I've been at so much of a nomad people know or people don't know, but my family still lives there, you know? Yep. And so, yeah, it's like all that was the main influence of becoming a muralist today. And then, of course, seeing some cool pieces by people like you, but that was until, you know, later in the game. Yay. But, you know, so you used to have this thing called Graffiti Save My Life. And I know you've, I, I know that graffiti, that you've said at multiple times, said saved your life. So can you... Yeah. Share a little bit about that. Uh, you know what? It was like a man one open crew West in Alhambra in like early two thousands. And they were encouraging me to, he basically opened the shop up just to sell paint and then figured out that there was like gallery space. So we should probably hang some artwork. And then they were selling merch. And then before he knew it, they were like, well, you got to make a shirt. dude, Cause people want one of your characters on a shirt, which I never did at that time. And so then I had this idea to do just write graffiti, save my life on a t-shirt. And then uh, that's been like one of the biggest headaches of my life <laughs> ever since. <laughs> Holy shit. Who would have ever thunk? You know, I was like, yo, I just put it on a t-shirt. And at the time, I just wanted it to kind of have the kind of classic like look or stamp that skateboarding is not a crime had. You know, you see skateboarding is not a crime. You don't even consider like, well, who created that? Who, who did that? You just see it everywhere and you just it just resonates with you, you know, because totally. you see people getting fucked with over skating. So the graffiti, actually, there's a shirt somewhere in my collection that says graffiti is not a crime, which is total <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> but the dude I was working with at the time was such a stoner that he just, he just, fuck, decided to make the screen say graffiti is not a crime. But I was like, <laughs> no, dude, graffiti <laughs> saved my life. So I put it on his shirt and then I had like some interesting interactions and events that occurred with that but uh, it's pretty it's i think it's iconic yeah and i think i made i made the point with it and i think you know people appreciated it i I always felt like people liked it more before they realized it was connected to me and then they liked (laughs) it less when they realized it was connected (laughs) to me well you know i mean i feel like i saw it i saw it as a sticker and then the shirt and i was like oh that's so fresh i totally feel that and then then i found out it was you and i was like oh wow he has this like He's like smarter than I thought he was. No, <laughs> it's just kidding. <laughs> wow, it's like oh, you know it's that, great, it's great. It's crazy because it, it got ripped off, and, you know, and it got, you know, it's been ripped off time and time again, and it was like a real learning experience for me, and you know, the variations that came out of it and everything like that. But the best of my knowledge, there was nothing printed on a shirt or a sticker that had that phrase on it. And until I did it, then I saw other things come out. And I was fortunate enough at the time to have a very well-known writer in New York by the name of T-Kid, who was a friend of mine at the time. I gave him one of the shirts, and I gave Sess, I think, one of the shirts, too. And then T-Kid just happened to wear it on the cover of a magazine. And that really kind of blew it up and then also, like, made it complicated. We could do a yeah. whole entire podcast yeah, the, on that oh, yeah. damn T-shirt. I'm just and- like... 
trademarks <laughs> and freaking rips. Yeah, there's a, oh, whole, a man, whole series yeah. of those. That's yeah, just part of it. When you put art into the world, it just happens. Yeah. But okay, yeah. that kind of circles back to shout outs to Man One because Not Real Art is Man One is one of the co-hosts and founders of Not Real Art. So shout outs to Man One. You know, I'd love to hear your first intro to Man One. How did you guys meet? <laughs> and you know he's going to listen to this, by of the way. Of course he's going to so. listen to this. I, mean, I love it because he's going to be able to interject. He's going to yes. listen and he's going to be like, don't probably send me a text talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the day, like in 1988, I think it was 88, myself and one of my older friends who wrote when, Renee Rodriguez, who goes by none nicer now. I'm no, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that. We went bombing and we went painted the side of a bridge in like the Alhambra area, which wasn't too far from where I was at. And it was the first time experiencing that, first time bombing, first time helping my homie do his name. And we did this big old blockbuster on the side of the building, on the side of a bridge. And then a few weeks later, there was like this big fucking mean streak tag on it, which was already a no no because <laughs> it was like on the piece, but on top of it, it was like, on a concrete wall and you just don't use me streaks on concrete walls. You know, you just don't do it. But it said Mantronics all big with all these spirals all over it and everything and some other name. But like, who the hell is this? What a toy. Like, what the hell? <laughs> so then I think the rumor got back to him that Wen was like some big buff black dude and he was going to kick his ass. I don't know if it was Man Wen, but it, maybe his homie was like almost fainting because he was like scared of like that some some big asshole is going to come kick his ass. <laughs> so years later, maybe like a year later or something, it kind of simmered down. And, you know, it was my first intro into graffiti beef. We had this spot that, that Greg and I used to paint at and we kind of started it. There was already some like punk rock graffiti down there. So we went over that, we started painting over that. And Man One asked if he could paint there. He must have been about 16 or something. No, he must have been a little bit older than that. He showed up with his current wife, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they showed us a sketchbook, and he's like, yeah, okay, you can paint here. And then, like, he painted, and then he asked us to give us an opinion or a number to say, you know, and he's like, I think I gave him, like, a like one through ten of, like, how good the piece is, and I think I gave him, like, a five or something. He's, he'll, he'll remember. He was pissed <laughs> off about it. I think he's still pissed <laughs> off about it. <laughs> now in hindsight I would have told him to give him like a half one and, oh. one and a half let's update oh. that update you were like wait a minute a are you the same Mantronics <laughs> yeah. no, we already knew that and we already that part up and he apologized yeah. I think they apologized <laughs> oh man okay okay so I gotta ask him that same question because I would love to hear it from yeah it's funny because it's it's a trip because I was into like a lot of painting, but I've never been a crazy good businessman, you know, like selling paintings and doing all that, doing projects and stuff like that just wasn't what I was like kind of even imagining could happen, you know, and, and people would ask me about buying paintings or whatever. And still to this day, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll message you later. And later never comes. When I met Man One and when we started becoming friends, we started going out and painting more and stuff like that. We would go every weekend. He had borrowed his dad's, like, he had, his dad had this, like, yellow Volvo wagon. It was fucking, like, school bus yellow. And we used to go out and paint. Man was already doing gigs and stuff, because he was going to uh, Leola Marymount College. So 
So he had this mindset of going in and doing work as a graffiti artist because it was there mm-hmm. and it was out there and stuff. And, and I'm like, you know, forever grateful to that, that fool for that part of everything, you know, getting me on the ball and with doing shows and doing events and stuff like that, live painting and stuff like that. I remember we did a live painting in Santa Monica in like 1993. I still remember the piece too. And I don't know what ever happened to it, but it was cool. And that was because of that fool. And like I said, I'm eternally grateful to him. And, you know, his dad was pretty, even though his dad could have like these crazy <laughs> outbursts, his dad was pretty supportive. His dad was pretty supportive of the way that he would come out and, and build, help us build panels or set up canvases or whatever. And then also yell at us like, who's going to kill Like us. a dad should. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's amazing. Yeah. I, yeah. I totally got to ask him how he interprets that first meeting time in person. But yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. <laughs> He'll talk shit. He's going to talk shit. Yeah. I know. I love it. I can't wait to hear it. I wanted to ask you about your Estria battle days because you were the three-time champion of the National Graffiti Competition. And yeah. how do you feel, you know, like when you look back at those times, what was that experience like for you? It was cool. It was interesting. It was fun. I, I saw those trophies. They're pretty cool. Like gold spray cans. I think the organizer himself was kind of pissed off that I kept winning. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I almost feel like towards the end, you know, it's like we should have just made you a judge and then opened it up for other people. I think he wanted to see me lose more than anything. And a lot of people were pissed (laughs) off, you know, whatever. People talk shit. I still remember who was talking shit. I don't hold that shit lightly. Like, I I hold grudges to it forever. (laughs) I totally feel like, well, you know, it's It's like we really became... We really became friends kind of through that thing because I drove you up. The first time yeah. we really – well, I mean, we had hung out before that in L.A. You yeah. actually let me paint at an event, and we painted a car together. I don't yeah, know if yeah, you yeah. remember that. I of painted course. one of my weird characters, and then we painted that car, which was super fun. Yeah. I drove you up, but I didn't. we didn't know each other that well, and so we kind of got to know each other through that road yeah, trip. Yeah, I remember you had reached out to me a few times through email. Yeah, I probably was like email, cell phone, like yeah. what's up with this? Yeah, team? and you're like, go come, <laughs> come, be part of our of trust your struggle, and like we're gonna do projects and all this stuff. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, I'm I like, heard the story. I heard this already. story way later. I love this. Okay, so the first time I met Vile, I like totally had this confession where I was like, yo, dude, when I first moved to LA, I hollered at you like, hey, what's up? Do you want to paint? Like, I just moved back into town. I'd love to link <laughs> up. I'm a big fan of your work, blah, blah, blah. Crickets, straight crickets. Didn't <laughs> respond. No, nothing. I was like, burn. Okay, I see how it is. Whatever. You oh, know, yeah. it is what it is. No, it's cool. So place. then- Hella like five years after we've become friends, he one day has this little moment where he's like, okay, so back in the day, like way back before I reached out to him, him and and his friend at the time had reached out to Treasure Struggle, one I of didn't. my crews. No, no, okay, no. Okay, well, no, he no. was Don't a part of it. Story. No, <laughs> yes. I wasn't even a part of it. You straight told no. me that and you, you were like... And we wanted to go travel and paint with you guys. No, no, And no, I was it like... It wasn't me that was... It wasn't me. It was that other person. And, and uh, it was that other person's... It was that other person's goal to, to get down with your crew. It wasn't... He, I, I wasn't interested. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Because, I see how remember, it is. Remember, like... oh. <laughs> I see how it is. He straight... He shined me on the first... But the first time I tried to reach out. But then years later, he was like... 
And then you guys took me to San Francisco and Oakland and I found out a whole community that actually liked me and, you know, didn't hate me. And then everybody would tell me, why don't you just move to the Bay since everybody in LA hates you anyways. And we were like, dude, you're so welcomed up here in the Bay. Everybody like hell looked up to you and you totally were so welcome. You always had a crash to couch on to, to surf on whether or not you wanted to, but you always had a place there. I didn't know how to surf. I just boogie board. Oh, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But yeah, it's true. It's true. When you would come up, you know, we'd always have a place for you and it would always be like crazy. So like everybody was always so excited to have you have you up. But yeah, we did kind of become friends through that time. And since then have gotten to travel a lot together. So then what sucked Mm -hmm. you in finally after you were welcomed up in the Bay, then you were like, okay, I'm down. I want to be down with this crazy crew of uh, yeah struggle. i mean you know just the cast of characters that's in trust your struggle everybody that's like-minded and you know the fact that like we had spent literally painted spots like until five in the morning and stuff and it was just a crew that was you know in the collective that was very much like-minded and had similar work ethics and that's very inspiring to me so like yourself and and bounce and burner and all the new newbies that are in you know and everything and it's nice to see that and it's nice to be able to know that there's people that I can count on to to fucking sleep in a fucking alley in the middle of nowhere in order to finish a wall if we have to you know <laughs> we take turns you know we take turns or, or sleeping in the graveyard like burning to the other that was, was like, totally the I totally um, remember that. Oh yeah. my god, he 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 had a pillow of newspaper and he yeah. was sleeping in the graveyard. Yeah. And we were we were across the street. You were in my car in the little I was in white your little, car. Little egg. I fell asleep yeah. in there. Yeah, I was inside the shop on an inflatable mattress cuz I I'm fancy and I brought one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, so okay, so that takes me back to you've traveled a lot painting all over yeah. the world. And what are some of great memories that you have traveling? What are some of your favorite trips that you've gone on to be able to paint? Well, that's a lot of good ones. You know, I've had a lot of good experiences with people that I no longer associate with, but those memories are still great nonetheless. I'm thankful for them because they're all learning. You know, it's all like learning experiences, you know, and Barcelona was really amazing. We got to go to the Montana factory and go through the mountains at the we're in the train where the factory is. It's like up in the, so it's called Montana because, or Montana, because it's in the mountains. And it's really cool to see the paint being made and the process so and the mountains on the way up there. And apparently there's like a monastery up there and stuff, which is really trippy. Looks like something out of Lord of the Rings, which is right up my alley. Totally. I loved Ireland. Ireland was amazing. Again, forever grateful to the circumstances that led me out there and Remember we uh, took a picture in front of Muff Road or whatever it was called. <laughs> <laughs> and we went totally. out there with Mark with Mark Bodie, with which the is another, which is another amazing experience that I love about the things. There's you know things that I really love about what graffiti has given me and the interesting path that it's taken me down in. And meeting Mark and being friends with Mark is really fucking special. Like I really love that relationship with that pool that I have in this. And, you know, he's just very, like, kind of raised in the same way that I was raised in that crude humor. <laughs> you guys together are freaking hilarious. I think, I mean, Molly's funny, but we were crying the whole time because you guys are so freaking funny together. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Ireland was really inspiring as far as, like, landscape was concerned and just, the, you know, just the, the area and the history of it. And 
you know, it's kind of nice on the piece on the wall. That was really the Belfast wall, yeah, the peace wall. I mean, you know, yeah. Palestine and Israel, Gaza was was amazing. Politics aside from that experience, which is really difficult to even say or do. I love Palestine and I love the kids and the people and the culture and everybody that was there. That was so welcoming. You know, those, those little kids would follow me around thinking I was a WWE wrestler, so they would like. <laughs> 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 they would totally. literally like totally only English they knew was like you can't see me and what is your <laughs> name what is your name and you can't see me and you know like those are memories that I'll have that I'll forever keep like thanks to graffiti holy shit what the fuck like and yeah it's lo- not like illegal like I'm not bombing and, and I'm not I don't ever claim to be king of bombing or anything like that People in my crew, LOD, or people in K2S, or, or people even in COI, there's those dudes that are in that crew that did that, you know, that were those dudes that like out Euler and Chaka and Sleaze and all those dudes, like, come on, like, how can you know, whisk? These are dudes that deserve to be mentioned, obviously, every time somebody gets interviewed about LA Graffiti, and even dudes that I'm failing to mention, because they're not in my head right now, but Chaka even being able to come back and flourish now and, and be more on a straighter path right now that he's doing the stuff that he's doing. And everybody has their time to shine, you know, and, you know, it's good to see that. And it's good to see that graffiti still has this place for you. When Once you get involved, you know, you get involved in it, you start doing it. And if you leave for a little while or if you go do something else, you can still come back to it. And there's still people that are welcoming you. And there's still people that want to see you do stuff and want to paint with you and want to hang out. and you know, and that's what's what's magical about that whole scene. Dude, you remember? I always thought this was so magical. When we went to go paint in Spain with the graffiti crew, and we went to that, like, it was like a riverbed, and they brought oh, that full yeah, spread dude. of food. I mean, they had wine. They had, <laughs> yeah, yeah. each of them cooked, like, a gourmet dish. This was golf Sunday, but graffiti style. In the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere, all the men met up. They were like, you know, kids at home. Totally. They all brought something amazing to eat, full on dineware tables, tablecloths, like right. They were like whining and dining each other. This was their Sunday fun. They would meet up. Was it Crow? I forgot what his name was. Yeah. But they would meet up and do this amazing Sunday event i had never seen anything like it because you got to imagine like when we go paint there are times where it's like there's no bathroom nobody has food you're lucky if you remember water and i'm probably the only one that brings snacks you know but to think about the full spread we had never seen i had never seen anything like that it's like we need to bring this back home and and like grown men yeah yes yeah cheese and crackers and it was like once it was time to eat it was time to eat it was like all right come on guys get together like let's set this up and get everything set up and then we set you know everything up yeah we hang we a we paint it was a wonderful sunday i definitely think we should bring that here i agree we'll try i think i think the equivalent here is like the asada and the modelos going to king taco afterwards yeah i don't think (laughs) i don't think i think if you pull out a cheese and crackers and what what's the fancy lunchables that people do now fancy lunchables yeah it's i don't like know lunchables but now it's like out of some other name and they put like strawberries or like fucking oh and they stuff. have like nuts in there and stuff yeah I've yeah yeah them. it's like a nice yeah. spread 
Mm-hmm. I've seen a meme and it says how it started and it shows Lunchables and then it shows how it's going <laughs> and it shows how it's spread. <laughs> King size Lunchables. I don't know how the crew would react to that. I don't know. if yeah, I don't know. I think the only way I would see that here is at one of the ladies' cruise days. Like on a ladies' crew when we're all painting, that happens. Oh, but that's, so, that's so sexist. You're it is, that men but don't I mean, themselves correctly. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we I've totally, never seen men totally come to a wall and be prepared like that in the states. In Spain, that blew me away. We we really should adopt that because that was special, and I would love yeah. to do that when I'm retired and old, and we're getting together on our Sunday. That would be amazing. Maybe I'm going to organize that one day. Maybe you could just start like a business based on like, okay, your crew's your crew's getting ready to meet up and paint this Saturday. We'll come through and cater. <laughs> Drop by catering. I love it. Okay, yeah, that uh, right. yeah, that could probably happen. That's a hundred thousand dollar idea right there. Yeah, I don't know. It's 50, it's definitely 000? in the thousands of dollars. Thousands. Thousand dollar idea. It's not. It's not a million wow. dollar idea for no, sure. No, no. sorry. <laughs> yeah. No. I want to ask you a little bit behind your characters because you 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 know what you paint has changed over the years, and you used to do, and you still sometimes do these super cool characters. They're like all different faces. Some of them look like you. Some of them don't. Where does that character come from? What's the story behind him? Oh, the dude's name was Carro, thirty eight, actually from Spain. K R R O thirty eight on Instagram. Shout outs to Carro. Yeah, man, he was a really cool dude. I remember I hit him up and they were tagging on the outside of the graffiti shop of the Montana store, and I hit him up and they were like looking at me like, "What the fuck? Who's this guy?" That's how we got to paint with them. Yeah, and then good I went old, over and talked to them. Good old graffiti <laughs> networking. Yeah, you talked to them in Spanish. I uh, know that was so that was so cute because they were looking at you and then they're talking to me and they're like, "What? What?" Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but my spanish was fluent uh, you know i was what, coming though? back from ecuador yeah mexico's really good though mexico's really fun to go paint in and, and defe and i went to defe with galo and, and all that stuff and galo's an interesting person to travel with he's definitely a he's a character in himself another one of the innovators of valley graffiti is make galo who doesn't get enough credit for that but it's his own downfall anyways okay back to characters yeah back to characters may i don't know sometimes the characters uh i see them in things you know i see faces in a lot of things and so i'll just kind of they stick with me i I don't really draw too much anymore so if i do anything it just kind of comes off the head and onto the wall yeah you freestyle a lot yeah i don't know they're based on like mythology right like all the native myths native american myths quote-unquote myths European myth, blendes and fairies and tree spirits and all that stuff. Like those things always inspired me and influenced me uh, as a young person and and even to this day. So, you know, every now and then Mm -hmm. when I lose my keys or something, I'm like, motherfucking blendes stole my keys. Where are they? You're like, maybe I need to go paint a piece to honor him and then he'll give me my keys back. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Make an offering. One time I put porridge out or oatmeal out on my porch because they said that gnomes would come down with the christmas trees from from the north if you had a christmas tree that chances are that a gnome would be inside the tree Uh, in order for him not to fuck your shit up you had to leave like porridge out for him really yeah i didn't know that one yeah that's cool yeah okay thanks for sharing you're welcome so i wanted to also ask you about you know you've been a teacher 
of our spray paint, our mentor to people along the way. So what are some of the things you like to teach, teach young people in your classes? The stuff that was really kind of important to me was to let them do what they needed to do to, to get the, the creativity out. Right. So if they, if they had this idea or if they wanted to just do tags all day, then yeah, just do tags, but do as many different styles of tags as you could think of, you know, if, if doing characters or letters was, was more your thing then you know, just to encourage that, you know, I'd always tell people like, People always tell me like, oh, I love what you're painting, but you know, this, these tags or this stuff on the, on the freeware or whatever, it's terrible. And I'm like, yeah, but it's part of it. It's like a package deal. Like you can't be too hard on like people that are barely learning or people that are starting to learn. There's a lot of good shit out there too that you're not seeing, but you're allowing the bad stuff to overtake your, your vision. So with the students, I just wanted them to be more like kind of positive about, you know, teaching them techniques, teaching them options with paint and, yeah, and I, I remember telling one of the classes, like, yo, I could be, like, honest with you and tell you that everything you do looks great when it doesn't. Or I could be, you know, honest with you and tell you that everything looks like, give you the brutal truth of it and tell you that, you know, it's not enough or that you need to paint faster or you need to do more. Or you need to. They were all, like, in, in agreement that that would be better, that they would. I think I've thrown, like, some spray cans at a couple of students a couple of times or something. I don't remember, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, you no, know. No, you didn't do that. Some things happen and they do dumb things and they make dumb decisions and yeah, you know, maybe a can went. That's working with I kids. Remember. I mean, I definitely feel like anytime you work with kids. I mean, kids, they I've weren't like, eight, they weren't like 10 year old kids. You know, they were, you know, if we were in a teach classroom setting, they probably would have kicked my butt. I, I remember them. Some of them I miss, you know, some of them I don't see. Some of them I, I still keep in touch with. Some of them are really, 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 really good. Yeah. One of them is a nurse now and she goes back and forth between being a nurse and, and doing, and doing art. Her name's Flower. She writes flowers. She used to write rotten flowers. She's really cool. And then Tony is like working as a professional artist. Well, like he's doing a lot of school projects and murals and stuff like that. He's really cool. And then kids that took my class or, or people that took my class that I don't remember, but like I re reconnected with them and on Instagram and they're like, yeah, it's because of your class. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking awesome. You know, it's cool. Yeah. I feel like that's happened a lot where we've been out painting. People yeah. come by and they're like, Oh man, I was in one of your classes back in the day and you know, just like Yo, the inspiration like, it's that funny they got. When, when like some big ass Mexican with like a beard and all these tattoos, like hey, you're violent. I'm like, yeah, they're like, Hey, you taught me in Montebello high school with frame or whatever, you know, frame another old school graffiti writer. But yeah, it's, it's funny. We used to, we used to teach with uh, this nonprofit organization called YPI, myself, Galo, Ezra, frame. We just did after school programs with them and that was pretty cool. And then later the workshops with top up graphics. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I I, am, I got to come by a couple of those. They were super fun. The kids were. Yeah, they don't they don't happen anymore. But you know, I, I took a break from that because I felt like it's still dealing with a lot of attitudes and stuff. <laughs> teaching is teaching's hard, man. Teaching's hard. Teaching's and, and hard. My hats off to all the teachers who can keep it together and stuff. For me, it just felt like it was giving me too much of a of a comfortable place and i didn't feel like i was like hustling enough on the on the art side of it you know and to mm -hmm. do so yeah so i just stopped i just didn't want to do them anymore like i'll do it every now and then but for the most part yeah i'm not i'm not really into teaching anymore yeah yeah i mean the i like to do the portal is workshops closed. workshops are fun and i feel like i've done a couple with you and i really like it when you do the little extra activities where like the kids get a give you a high five. It's like especially with the oh, little yeah. ones. 
yeah. it's like a challenge where they get to jump up and give you a high five <laughs> and they will line up like it's so freaking cute because they get so excited like it's like the highlight of their day and yeah. they just want to line up to try and give you a high five <laughs> <laughs> it's like super amazing i like when i raise my hand too high and then i trip them as they come down and they fall no i'm just kidding that yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I've totally seen these little kids. Viola is so good with little kids. It's crazy. I mean, I feel like you just have a really special way of connecting with, with them. And it's really, it's just great to see because they get so excited. Like they look up to you. A lot of them have seen your art or like if you paint a mural at the school or at a space, they, they've like seen it. And so they know you. So then it gives them like even more juiced about it. So yeah, yeah, cool. you held it, you held it down. You held yeah. it down. Play. They're good as long as they, uh, they go home after yeah exactly it's like still hasn't convinced me to have any of my own yeah it's the best birth control ever just enough time with other people's kids (laughs) it'll do it it will do it no (laughs) you know i want to you touch a little bit about the work that you're doing now so what is behind you know you paint eyes but you also do a lot of like abstract stuff tell us a little, little bit about the story behind the eyes i've always included eyes in my work uh as long as i can remember doing characters eyeball characters or whatever things like that with like Bodhi bodies or an eyeball with like a Bodhi cheats wizard hat or something, you know, like all that stuff. And then just like these really like weird twisted things that I would draw that people would be like, Oh, are you on drugs? Are you doing LSD? Are you on, or do you smoke a lot of weed? And I'd be like, nah, just like these things that just come to me. Like, I don't know. I think it has to do with like my, my traumatic birth that I had. And uh, you know, all these like weird things, maybe like a part of my brain opened up to me that isn't open to like, other people or perhaps it's like part of my brain that's open up to like the part that the subconscious or is open to other people who take drugs or whatever i have actually done acid and mushrooms and everything since then but it never really kind of (laughs) (laughs) but all those things i saw were already in my head so i was like okay you're like like boring Yeah, that's hilarious. You're like, it's like a rerun. It's just weird, like you know, like you you look at some things (laughs) and you look like the roof of your your neighbor's roof, like looks like an alligator skin to me for some reason. It looks like a fucking alligator and dinosaur. Like I don't know. Totally normal. Like you know, there's just those things. Like yeah, the eyes are everywhere, like in trees or they're everywhere. So when I started painting them more and more and more, and just doing that and not like doing letters with it or not doing you know a character with it. And just leaving it at that, I found that it was more relatable to, to like the general public and to like people that are taking in the work that they were kind of more, it was less alienating in some kind of way. You know, it was like, oh yeah, here's my name and it's fucking complicated and you can't read it. And people would be like, all right, well, that's cool, I guess, you know. And, and it was funny when you would do that because when we would do murals, we did this one mural with Marka and this DJ Nub in East LA that ran for a long time. It was a Mother Teresa mural, and Martha did a portrait of Mother Teresa. Then we did some roses. We did some some religious icons, icon, blah, blah, blah. We did some skulls, like Santa Muerte and stuff like that, that I painted. And then we did our names. <laughs> and the cholos in the neighborhood were like, all right, we like this mural. We're going to leave it. We're not going to touch it. It was actually like Ford Manavilla or something. They were like, you know, we don't let usually let this kind of stuff roll, but since you got the the Mother Teresa, you got the roses, and you got the the skeleton, you know, the skulls, like, and he showed me his arm, and he was all tatted up with that stuff. Not the Mother Teresa, but you know, religious icons. And he goes, we're gonna make sure that nobody writes on this wall. And they did for a long time, for like 
I don't know, we did that wall in like 2003 or 2005. And it stayed clean for a long, long time until recently it got painted over with a Kobe. I guess Kobe's more important than Mother Teresa these days. That was a real eye-opener to like how our work was affecting the community because one of the things that Cholo also said was like, you guys could have done something better than your names, but I guess. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, all right, there's a time and place for everything, right? There's a time and place for everything. There's space to do your name and there's space to do full color murals that have nothing to do with, with lettering or, or, or the typical character because we're in Los Angeles and we're surrounded by fucking concrete and walls. And a lot of things that happen within the graffiti community is that like, well, I didn't get invited to that wall or like, well, that wall is not real because it doesn't have letters on it or this art doesn't matter because it's, it, it was done in the night eighties or whatever. And, you know, you see a lot of the murals getting gone over with graffiti and, you know, I see it as a conversation that's happening on the walls and in the streets. That's not happening anywhere else. And this conversation is like, yeah, these walls are getting messed up and getting fucked with because the kids are no longer in contact with, you know, there's no, linked to the artists who painted it right so then therefore like that's why like i continue to kind of try and do the workshop stuff and do the the community outreach stuff because it's such an important part of what graffiti is and where graffiti is going and the fact that these kids or these young people that are coming up that are doing the shit they know that if they paint that spot their shit's gonna ride so of course they're gonna paint it because they're risking going to jail or they're risking getting fined and so or are they going to go paint the wall next to it to appease people who don't in the long run really care about them anyways they just want their piece to stay up and stay relevant right yeah and if your yeah. piece does get hit you need to get on top of it and clean it i know that los angeles has this whole thing that they put out in order to restore the murals and clean murals and get them permitted and all this other stuff so that they can be clean once they get hit but now they're getting hit and they're still not getting clean and, you know, it's just a whole, like, mindfuck of uh, yeah. what's going on. It's, like, totally a community conversation. <laughs> no, it's, I, I like that. I think it's super a community conversation. You know, it's, like, yeah. sometimes when people put something up and it's super irrelevant to the community, it'll get hit right away. And sometimes it just gets hit because they leave too much open space or something. You know, it's, like, there's so many reasons. Yeah, I know this artist who did portraits of Nipsey Hussle, right? Mm -hmm. Ink. His name's Ink. Really amazing portrait artist from South Central and ENK, right? And he does these really beautiful portraits. And his portrait of Nipsey keeps getting hit by like some random people, like I guess neighborhoods that didn't get along with Nipsey when he was alive. And so they're going over his mural now. And it's like people driving by aren't going to realize that they're just going to see that it got fucked up and they're going to be like, there, there's no context to like why it got destroyed and not that mm -hmm. it makes it right it doesn't make it right but there's a lot more to it what's happening than just like surface of like also that these pieces are, are being able to stay up longer if they paint over murals yeah. my shit gets painted over every now and then and i'll go right away as quickly as i can and go paint over it go fix it yeah. go clean it up you, you know, got to you have to it's like it's like in no other city you know in a lot of other cities things ride for so much longer because they just mm -hmm. don't go over them but here in LA people they'll tag your piece right away you gotta go clean it right away that's definitely yeah. something I feel like you just experienced that didn't you yep yep yeah. I did I did I just cleaned a wall it got hit and then next day I was out there 
cleaning. It. Like I just cleared my schedule. I had hell of things that I had to do, and you're like, nope, I gotta clean it to go out there and make sure, and you know, to make sure that it stays that way. But yeah, it is. It's yeah. a community conversation. Yeah. So back to the eyes, it just became like something that I realized that you know, even though it's a single subject, I could paint it a whole bunch of different ways and keep it interesting and like to myself as as well as other people, but also to find that balance between like what's good to put out in the community and what's satisfying to yourself as an artist, especially when you're doing murals that are self-funded, self-commissioned. I don't have time to go meet with the entire community to get everybody's input on what they want to see. But I know that if I do something that is kind of not alienating or not as alienating, then therefore it'll get kind of better, more well-received. The other thing that's really well-received is is portraits of women. Like somebody does a portrait of of a beautiful girl. They always, seem to get pretty respected or things like that a lot of cultural stuff doesn't even get respected the way it used to you know if there was some some mashika reference or some religious reference they would get respected but now they're not they're just going over them so i don't know it's drugs man it's all the drugs (laughs) well (laughs) and the eyes to me the eyes to me are like you know they're symbols of protection they're symbols of magic you know it's reference to like my my own personal religious practices of magic and the things that i practice personally that's what is kind of behind those and the want for the space to have protection and good energy yeah I think what you were saying earlier, too, about when we were growing up, a lot of the artists and graffiti artists or or artists that we looked up to, they were just one step away from us. You know what I mean? Like they were Mm -hmm. still in reach. Like we we could access them or see them around so much more. And so I feel like what you're saying is so true. It's like sometimes stuff gets tagged today because they don't have access to the artists in the same way that they used to. Or sometimes, you know, if they're, if the artist is from a different area too, it's like, they don't know the artist, so it's not as respected. So there's, there's a lot of different factors at play, but I feel like I came up kind of under mentorship. Like people taught me along the way and they always taught me like, respect the pieces. There were all these rules to graffiti, you know, and, and painting on the streets. There were all these rules to it. You know, you can't go over something you're not better than you can't, you can't go over a King, like all these things that we kind of grew up with, but like, it's not passed on in the same way anymore. It definitely isn't. And it's definitely maybe the fault of some artists that are out on the streets painting. There's some artists that are very influential that I don't ever see come do, come do a wheat paste workshop. And, and by no means am I referencing anybody because just because I said wheat paste, but let's bring it down a little bit. Like let's, let's bring down your fucking, the Rolling Stones of, of, or the Beatles of street art or graffiti. And like, let's fucking connect, man. Like it's not that big of a deal, man. To go and talk to some fucking kids at a school, take some time out to do that and connect, you know? And then I think that's a lot of, uh, a big problem with a lot of the movement that came through that was, and that is street art is that there's no, Unless there's some, I mean, I'm imagining unless there's some monetary compensation, there's not really a lot of connecting happening just on their own, like in their own way, through their own mind or heart to make these connections with their audience that's purchasing their work or purchasing their stuff. Come on, man. It's not that, it's not that big of a deal, you know? Yeah. Fucking, you fucking change people's lives by taking 30 minutes out of your, your day to like go and say what's up to a bunch of fucking mocosos. 
Well, that was one of my favorite things about what we used to do with the battles that we would make everybody that came into town, like if we're flying you in, you're going to go teach a workshop with some kids. You know, it's like people like you who've done it for years were like, yeah, let's do it. And people who had never done that were like, uh, what do I got to do? Yeah, but then they were stoked. Uh, you know, then they were stoked yeah. after they did it. And, and like, afterwards, they said that was their favorite part. They were like, yeah. oh, my God, the kids are so cute. And, you know, like that was so special. And, yeah, it's definitely true. I feel like it's a responsibility that we have as like the next gen to kind of to pass it on and to give workshops and reach out. You know, and be a part of the community in any way that we can, in any way that we can. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I see so much of our industry is changing kind of before us. You know, we're kind of in this this weird transition and stuff. So where are you trying to go with your stuff? Into hiding. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard this plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The city is around its course, you know, and I don't I don't know that. Thanks to social media and, and the internet, we have this reach that we no long that we didn't have before. So, you know, before we used to send each other, I remember man one said he sent all of his film to a graffiti writer in Chicago, like his camera film so that he could wow. develop the pictures himself and he never, <laughs> and he never got it back. It's like years of like amazing work gone because yeah, it sucks. So, um, yeah, I'm looking into more of like some self-sustaining living. I have a lot of friends who have been doing it for a lot of years, you know, gardening and, and all that. What do they call it? Preppers? Prepper? Yeah. Lifestyle? I don't feel like mm-hmm. I'm a prepper. I just feel like I just really, I'm in a place where I want to just kind of step away for a little while. Be on the go, land. Go paint. Yeah. And go paint in some haunted little shack in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah. You know me. I. My goal is to be on the beach teaching yoga. Like I want to have my artist retreat center that people can come and just chill and do their like creative practice. And I can like be around cool, creative people. I want to be, I want to be in a cave. I want to be in a cave somewhere (laughs) that's lit by, lit by torches and (laughs) paint the walls in there with like my own blood. (laughs) <laughs> with charcoal or that you're like mining yeah. from the earth yeah like grind up bat wings and use that as a <laughs> just the very essence of like spooky is what i want to do like whatever you can think of that's like you know grind some worms up and make a shake out of them totally <laughs> your morning shake that's your morning yeah. on the go i love it yeah exactly yeah, definitely more of that, more traveling now that we've survived COVID. Congratulations, you survived COVID. Congratulations, if you're listening to this, you've survived COVID. Yay, we've made it. Yeah. At least to this point, we've made it. It's amazing. Yeah. To, what, yeah. to what happens. Okay, well, Vile, I need to respect your time. Thank you so much for being here today. Can you just let us know, if people want to plug into you, where do they find your stuff? Where do they find you online? Right now, just on social media, at Vile1 on Instagram place that i'm most uh, active i think i have a facebook still at vile one on facebook too our vile one page on facebook which gets no traffic and uh, no uh, posts at all anymore so so just stick to just make it easy on yourself and stick to instagram working on a website <laughs> that'll be up in the net in another 20 years yeah yeah you're very active on instagram so you could mm-hmm. find him on instagram Awesome. Well, yes. thank you, Vile, for being here with us today on thank Not Real you, Art. You, we appreciate you. you. Oh, shout out to 
K2S, LOD, Depper, Slick, and his amazing work with the NFTs that are happening, and uh, the Container Yard Brothers, and who else? Nancy Peely. <laughs> Anybody Nancy else? Nancy Peely. Peely in the house. Shout out yeah. to Nancy Peely, who is also on Not Real Art too. She she was interviewed a couple weeks ago. She's a she beast. She's amazing. She we keeps me in check. She keeps me in check. Of course. That's what we all do. That's our job. But thank you for being here with us today. I know how much Man One and Sourdough also wanted to interview you. We actually had this conversation about, they were like, no, but we have these stories with Val. I was like, no, but I have these stories with Val. So we were like going back and forth. So I'm sure at another time, especially in person, we'd love to bring you in in person just so you could sit with all of us. That would be amazing. <laughs> Sourdough. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation (laughs) okay thanks for being here thank you bye hey there thanks for tuning in please be sure to like this episode write a review and share with your friends on social and if you haven't already done so please press the subscribe button and follow us on instagram at not real art world